Welcome to the Redeemer Lincoln Square podcast. Our church began in April of 2017 and is located just down the street from Lincoln Center in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Manhattan. Our channel will primarily feature sermons from our Sunday worship service, as well as encouraging stories and conversations with members of our LSQ church family. We hope you'll subscribe as a way to stay connected during this season of uncertainty and social distancing. The scripture reading this morning is Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's an honor to be here. Uh, This is my second time preaching at LSQ, and I'm so honored that Michael would invite me back to preach to you all, to deliver God's holy and inerrant word to you, and for me to worship in person with God's living and wonderful church. Before we begin, let me pray for us and ask for God's anointing on this holy word. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. Or eagerly expecting that your spirit is here. And so we pray that as we hear your words, our hearts and ears may be open so that we may receive the word and that our lives would continue to transform into the form and image of your son, Jesus Christ. This is what we long for. This is what we expect. So Father, meet us here and do your work. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you guys a question today. What do you expect from Jesus Christ? What are your expectations? Now, if you grew up in the Presbyterian church as I have, you don't really ask that question. You don't expect anything. You are saved and you just take whatever Jesus gives you. That's how my parents also raised me. Don't expect you are raised and you just take whatever um, they give you. But I do want to ask that seriously. What do you expect as Jesus Christ in your own life? And what do you expect Jesus Christ to do for you as a church? And it is an appropriate question. Because Jesus has saved us, but he has also made promises to his people. And in those promises, he wants people to expect these things. And so for us, many Christians eschew the question, and they no longer expect anything from Jesus. But deep down inside, they do have expectations, and that's what becomes dangerous. Unsaid expectations ruins us. So my question to you today is, what are your expectations of Jesus? Let me give you an example. 
When I was going to seminary, I used to often pray, please, Father, let me get an A on this test. But if I don't, let me find peace in you. So do I want the A or not? What I'm actually really praying for is I want comfort, no disappointment. That is an unsaid expectation. Another prayer I used to say, Father, let me find a spouse. But if I don't, let me find contentment in you. And I'm not the only one. I've been to many prayer meetings, and Christians love to hedge their prayers. They pray these bold prayers, but then they say, if it doesn't come, okay, we'll be fine. But what do we expect of Jesus then? In some ways, the evangelical Christians are expecting Jesus to prevent them from disappointment. They don't want to be disappointed. And then when you become disappointed, you go, God, you didn't answer my prayers. I don't know where this is coming from, but God is not meeting my expectations. But what are your expectations? And I bring this up because the Israelites on Palm Sunday had great expectations for Jesus. Huge. If you remember the scene, it's a festival and all these things are going on. People are eating great food. People are drinking. They are singing. The kids are on their... Let me fix this real quick. Kids are enjoying their time with their parents and their friends and all these things are going on. And then they see Jesus in the distance. I'm gone? I'm good. Sorry. Try to keep my arms down. And the kids are waiting, and everyone's distracted, but when Jesus finally arrives on his donkey, people are excited. The party stops. They look to Jesus, and people begin to gather around, saying, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. And everyone is running to grab palm branches because they acknowledge that Jesus is the king. But what happens a week later. It's the same people, it's the same kids standing in front of the cross saying, Crucify, crucify Jesus. And as Pilate asks, Would I crucify your king? they respond by saying, We have no king but Caesar. What happened? In their deepest, deepest of heart, they made the correct confessions. They said what was true. It is Jesus who is king. But what did they expect from him? They were looking for something to happen on earth. They were expecting Jesus to overthrow Caesar. But Jesus had come and promised something far greater. He promised them that he was going to release them for something Far more heinous than Caesar. He was going to release them from the power of death. And that they were going to live forever in glory. Yet the people said, that's not what we wanted. So my question to you is, what do you expect from Jesus? 
And Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11 says, Let me set your expectations straight. Here is what the church can expect from Jesus. This is what you should cry out and long for. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, there's many translations, but the verb here is phroneo in Greek. And it's an, actually an interesting verb in which it means that you develop careful thought. So what Paul is telling the church is saying, be intentional. What is it that you want? And once you've realized what you want, make plans to go get it. One exercise that I do is I think about um, different churches. I'm considering in this season of life, church planting. And one of the exercises that I found that was very helpful was from this book called Uncomfortable um, from Brent McCracken. And he says, he challenged all pastors, just sit and write about your dream church. Just sit and do it. Do not say, well, that's not biblical. Don't say that. Just let your imagination run wild. And so I did it. I wrote all the things I wanted, and I didn't say if it was biblical or not. And what I ended up with was Disneyland. (laughs) I wanted nice facilities. I wanted good food. I wanted comfortable seats for the parishioners. And I said, I was thinking... And I spent my whole time thinking about a building. And that was good. Because that was was in my heart. I never in my life did I really say that I wanted a building. Uh, Most times I would say I've never purchased a building. I would never want it. But I just said, okay, let me just try this exercise. And that was in my heart. Now there's nothing wrong with owning a building. But that was an expectation that I had that I did not know. It was surprising to me. So here's my challenge to you. Just sit. If Jesus gave you everything you wanted, what is it that you want? Don't say, well, that's not biblical. Just see what you want. So that's the first thing Paul calls us to do. At Redeemer Lincoln Square, we value questions and the people who ask them which is why we hold a time of question and response, or Q&R, after our Sunday worship service. It's an opportunity for anyone to text in questions and then process responses alongside our pastors and other members of our church community. If you have questions that you'd like to process, feel free to email us at lsq at redeemer.com or Join us for our virtual worship service on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. You can find our YouTube channel at lincolnsquare.redeemer.com slash YouTube. Second, the verb phroneo means that you are intentional as a community. First, you're intentional with yourself, and then you are intentional with a community. The whole chapter is about the people becoming in one mind. Verse 2, it says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Redeemer Lincoln Square, are you of one mind? Have you expressed your desires with one another of what you hope this church could become? 
And I know you have. But it has to be more and more intentional. What is it that this church wants? What is it that this church is calling for Jesus to do? Next, once you find out what it is that you want to do, what you want your church to do, the next thing you do is pursue it relentlessly. Go after it. It's often easy to come to church and expect the leadership to tell you just what to do. But what Paul is saying, no, this is an active church, an active church that is pursuing the same mission together. This is what you need to do, and do not stop until you've achieved it. Be relentless in pursuing the same desire and the same wants. So here's the question then. What is that desire, and what is that want Paul tells the church to pursue? And we find out, it's that we must pursue as the church the mind of Jesus. And who is Jesus and how did he think? And so Paul begins by explaining that Jesus was and is God and will always be God. And we need to start at that point because Paul starts at that point. In our day and age, we often forget that Jesus is God. Us believing that Jesus is human believable. Jesus is God? Mm. It's easier to believe that Jesus was human. Now, it's interesting uh, because in the older days, they had a real tough time believing that Jesus was human. Because the old church said, uh, why would Jesus want to become human? Humans are weak. They're, they're, they're dirty. Why would you want to become that? We can't follow someone who would become human. It's the flip for us. We think humans are everything now. Of course everyone wants to be human. And that's why Jesus would become human. So for Paul, he starts with this one notion that Jesus is God. And what does he mean by starting with that? That Jesus had everything. He was fully content. He was with God the Father and God the Spirit. And they were in this triune dance. And they enjoyed their fellowship with one another. Everything was good. There is no reason for Christ to do any action beyond himself. None. But yet what he did, though he being equal in glory and power to God, chose to submit himself to God and become man for this one purpose of reconciling a hostile people to himself. Jesus was and is and always will be, yet he chose to become man. And it was a big sacrifice. Why? Jesus is still man today. Often we think that after Easter and after Jesus ascended into heaven, he returned back to his original estate. But that's not our hope and promise as Christians. We are looking forward to meeting the human Jesus. He has taken on the human form for all of eternity. He chose to be a servant forever. 
He did not choose his status as equal to God to be pursued, but chose to pursue to be a servant, a slave. But not only did he become human, he chose to die. Die a horrific death. Verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life in order to ensure our salvation. This is the God we serve. This is the mindset of Jesus. A servant and willing to sacrifice everything for his enemies. And how did God see this mind of Jesus? He loved it. Oh, he adored it. It says in verse 9, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My Son, who submitted himself to become human forever, who died on the cross, this is what I long for, this is what I love, and this is what I want to praise. I want the world to know my son through this action alone. So brothers and sisters, what is then that we are to pursue as a church? This mind of Jesus. To be suffering servants and to sacrifice at all cost in order that Christ may be glorified. Jesus is the king because of his humility. And that is what the church needs to pursue. So I ask you today, as you look at one another, as you think about the church, are you willing to die for one another for the gospel? Secondly, are you willing to die for your enemies? I'll go first and I'll answer these questions. I am not ready. I know as a pastor I should say I'm ready, I'll die, but I'm not. And I'm not calling all of you guys to be there right now, but I'm showing you the picture and the goal. Eventually, at the end of our lives, we should be there. And if you can get there faster, praise be to God. For me, am I ready to die for my enemies? On that spectrum, I am more willing to kill my enemies than die for them at this point. So I want to hear, hear me. I am not trying to make you feel guilty or anything like that. But what I'm saying is this is the promise God has made to his church, that you will become like that, and you can expect that you will become like that. And we should pursue it, because it's good. It's remarkable. Pursue the mind of Jesus. Now, how do you get that mind of Jesus? How do you become like Jesus? Do you just begin doing stuff? Do you just say, okay, I'm going to take some classes on how to die? No. 
here is what you do. You go back to verse 5, and you read that verse again, and you say this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Here's the gospel. Paul says this mind is already yours. As you declare Jesus to be Lord and Savior, he sent down the Holy Spirit into your lives and has given you the power to live like this. What we're going to do next week, and I invite all those who are watching from their homes to join us for Easter Sunday, because that is where we are going to learn of the power of the gospel. Jesus is going to raise from the dead, and we're going to see the triune God working together for his glory, and that amazing power we celebrate and worship resides in us now. It is ours. You don't have to do anything for it. What I'm calling for LSQ to do today is to remember the gospel and the power that lives within you. And with that, pursue something grand. Most churches, when I talk today um, amongst pastors, we always ask this one question. If our church were to close down, would the neighborhood notice So that's the bar they set. It's such a low bar. Just remember? Here Christ has said people will worship because of you. LSQ, you guys can be known for hundreds of years. Why not? People should think about LSQ for hundreds and hundreds of years. Because of what you did in the name of Jesus. Now, here's the fact. LSQ may shut down in 10 years or 7 years. But would you be a church where you shut down, people would say, that church loved Jesus. The purpose is not for this building to stand forever. It is to ingrain into the lives of others that Jesus is Lord. So people should be talking about you. Everyone should be coming and bowing their knee to the name of Jesus. And I know it's scary. I tell you this, but even I'm afraid to tell you to pursue it. Because we don't want to look like fools. But here Jesus is saying, expect this from me. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you all, and you can expect these things. Get mad at me if these things don't happen. The prayers of the New Testament are incredible. People are always complaining to God. You said there would be a harvest. Where are you, God? In the Old Testament, people said you would deliver your people, God. Where are you? And in our prayers, we are not asking great things from God because my guess is, and I'm responsible for this too, is that we don't expect that much from God. We don't. And it's revealing in our question, would a church remember, would a neighborhood remember us? That's it? Here in these verses, Paul is saying that every knee will bow and people will declare the name of Jesus and he is the king of all creation and people need to know about this. That's the power of the gospel. 
That's why we come and gather every Sunday. That is what attracted us and put us in the pews. The hope for a life bigger than us. And Christ offered that. For those of you who are still contemplating, should I follow this Jesus? We would say, yes. It is the best thing you will ever do. It is not perfect, but we promise you it is not boring. Because you are united to the creator of the universe. LSQ. What do you expect from Jesus? My prayer is that it would be grand, exciting, and filled with love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you that Jesus is our King. And I pray, oh God, that we would understand what you have for us, the promises that you have given to us. Lord, I must confess that, Father, often I'm too scared to actually believe in the promises you have for us. But, Lord, help my unbelief. Help this church's unbelief. As they are already doing it, as they are praying intentionally for others, as they are meeting together in their community groups, bless those times together and ignite in them the spirit. So that Lincoln Square, that everyone would be talking about Lincoln Square and their love for Jesus. Not only would they just remember this church, but they would be so thankful for this church, for being in this neighborhood, and that this church would be talked about for centuries to come, because of the great love they displayed about you. We thank you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to our church podcast. We pray that it can serve as a resource for you as you continue processing aspects of Christianity and growing in your faith. We hope you'll subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. And we invite you to check out our website to learn more about our church and how to get connected to our family. Just visit lincolnsquare.redeemer.com.